It has finally arrived. The match is here. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours whenever you may be listening here to the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Kyle, uh, happy Thanksgiving week. We're recording here on Monday. We've got some predictions to make, some props to talk about. Um, the, I, I feel like this snuck up on me. Yeah, I mean, my biggest question about the, the match, the matchup this weekend is, can Taylor Cornelius um, <laughs> take down TCU's defense? I mean, the, you know, I know offensively Gary Patterson is has they've not been great. But, no, they uh, have we'll not. See. Sean Robinson's still out, and they are bad offensively. Um, you, hey, listen, <laughs> the the Pokes already got bowl eligible. That win was that win was good because now you're not sweating this TCU game. Can we um, can we talk about my other poke here in in a minute, Charles Howe the third? Oh, big win uh, this past weekend. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it it was. I I, I do want to talk about Tiger Phil. I'm just messing with you, but r- real quick on the RSM Classic. I, it is. Um, we've talked about this on here. We're not supposed to root. We're not supposed to be cheerleaders. Whatever. I don't. I don't care. Uh, I was. I was. <laughs> rooting heavily for Charles Howe the third uh, on Sunday afternoon. It, it's it's I haven't watched a ton of golf this fall, but him uh, getting into a playoff with Patrick Rogers and you know it, it was it was really it was cool to watch because and he said this afterwards he was like it felt like you know I've seen this movie movie before the same old thing like he's played in 529 events he he had only won two of them and. Then on the second playoff hole, he makes the putt, and it, it the, the emotion that he had when he made that putt, and with his kids out there crying. I mean, it it was it was big time. I mean, for, for me, it was as big as the RSM Classic is going to get in November, and I was just I was excited for him and uh, fired up that he gets to go to Kapalua and to Augusta next year. So that is the he would have not necessarily qualified for Augusta without yeah, the win. He had been on the fringe for the for the past few years because he he kind of always flirts with like the top fifty the top fifty both at the end of the calendar year before and then I think it's the week before get into to Augusta and he had been like fifty eighth or sixty second you know whatever and he hasn't played at Augusta since two thousand twelve so it's wow. been six years since he's played the Masters uh, but he'll be in it in in two thousand nineteen obviously he's from there. It's a big deal to him. I've talked to him about that before. Just like, I mean, he, he, he's like as nerdy as it gets when it comes to golf and he loves saying that himself. And so he'll, he like, he's so into it. Like he'll watch, you know, the live streaming, like the whole deal. And so for him to get back into it, um, pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool for him. What's his career earnings again? Uh, he's over 35 mil, so he's yeah. top 20 all time. That's because uh, right, that's what I was thinking about. Was his he is always our reference point when we start to talk about the other side of this, where it's like, yeah. doesn't doesn't Charles? Wouldn't you take Charles Howe's career? And everyone's answer is always yes, absolutely. You get to play in 529 events. You might only win two of them, but you're going to be making 35 million dollars to play golf. And from everything that you've said from your conversations is that as a, as a person and as a human being, there's a relatability, not only into saying, uh, I, I would love to have Charles Howe's career, but also to say, I would love to hang out with Charles Howe. He sounds like someone who would be fun to play golf with, to talk about golf with. And so it is not just you, like you are not on an Island for the Charles Howe fan club. That was very obvious on Sunday afternoon. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, not not only the money, but he's been top 125 on the money list every year since I think 2000, either 2001 or 2002. Every year, top 125. Yeah, you're never going to pick Charles Howell to win an event, but I would never uh, I would never advise fading him if you had a fantasy yeah. golf situation. Yeah, totally. And and like since the FedEx Cup started in whatever that was, 2007, 2008, he's been in the top 80 of the FedEx Cup every single year. I mean, it, it's a consistency that I think people don't appreciate because he hasn't really done it in majors. He hasn't won a ton. Uh, he's kind of a he's kind of this anomaly who just there aren't many guys like him who aren't uh, winning a lot, but also aren't falling out of the top hundred. He's just like. He's like the 60th best golfer on the PGA Tour every single year. It's 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 almost it's it's kind of incredible, really. Um, but yeah, pretty awesome for him. And I know he's excited to get back to Hawaii and to or to get to Hawaii and to get back to uh, to, to the Masters next April. So before we move on to the match, no no tears shed then for Patrick Rogers after going 61 62. No, I mean, Rogers, he's a good player, obviously. 26 um, years old, could have changed well, his life. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's doing fine. Like, he's been on the PGA Tour for a few years now. I did feel like at one point it was going to be kind of the Kyle Stanley redux from, so this happened to Hal at the Quicken Loans last year. He gets into a playoff with Stanley after barely missing a putt on the 72nd hole to win, and uh, and Stanley beats him in the playoff. And it felt like just uh, different Nike athlete, different year, different tournament, same, same story. Uh, but it turned out differently for Hal. And, uh, you know, it was funny because when he made the putt on, I guess it was 18 that they played again for the third time, the second playoff hole. Uh, he was like, I just, I wasn't going to leave it short. It was 13 feet. He was like, I was going to hit it off the green before I was going to leave it short. And, uh, uh I thought, Last thing on on Hal, and we'll move on to. I know people want to hear about Tiger Phil, but that um, Sean Martin wrote a really good story about uh, just kind of Hal's like pursuit. Like he just he just wants to be better at golf. Like that's like his like pursuit, and he doesn't. I mean, he cares about winning, obviously, but he just he's so obsessed with being better, and that's how all of us are, right? Like if if I shot a seventy nine last time out surely I can shoot a 78 the right. next time out. And so I think that's where the relatability comes in of like, he do, he's not built like DJ. He doesn't hit it like Rory. He just wants to be better at golf every time he goes out. And uh, that's, I don't know, that's that's pretty cool. And I think it makes him maybe more relatable than uh, the two guys who we're about to talk about who are going to play for $9 million this weekend. What is not relatable about Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson? <laughs> <laughs> Who among us can't say that they they move through life in the same headspace as one of these two psychopaths? <laughs> they really are. They're kind of they're kind of psychopaths in a different way, though, right? For no, no, they are not the same strain at all. Yeah, but they're both crazy. <laughs> they are both certifiably insane. It is just different strains, and it and in it has powered their success without a doubt. Yeah, totally. And they both think that they're, you know, I think that, I think Phil thinks he's like on Tiger's level. Like, on, like I know he do, I know he doesn't say that out loud and he wouldn't ever really say that. But I think in his head, he's like, man, I was, I was like pretty close. Like I was just as good, you know? 
and and that's the thing you get from all these guys. Like if you don't have that self confidence, then what are you doing? It's just it's hard to be. And that's why guys that are guys that have a humility and like a, a kindness and a generosity about them who play golf. I mean, it's such a singular, like lonesome thing that it's so hard to be that self confident and yet self aware enough to kind of take that mask off off the course. And so when you run into somebody who's like who is self aware and who is generous or whatever, it's, it's kind of, it, I mean, it's, it stands out, you know, and, and, you know, I know that's a tangent and we're not talking about Tiger Phil, but uh, all that to say the, the belief in yourself and the self-confidence is one of the things that these two guys have, have best emulated over the course of their careers. And it's why they're probably two of the 10 or 13 or 15 best players of all time. Are you looking to get your game on the match caliber level? Are you ready to to play some side bets with your friends when you're playing golf? Do you need to get your game better for that? Well, what about a, heading on over to Top Golf? And you can be able to get a lesson with a certified instructor who's going to help you improve your game, but they also want you to have fun too. Uh, so head over and get a lesson booked at topgolf.com slash lessons. It's a chance for you to sip, snack, swing and play better with top golf coach uh the certified instructors at top golf they are going to be able to identify what you can work on you're going to get a chance to work on it there and also they're probably going to be able to to give you something to take away and it's going to be more than just a great time you had at top golf it's going to be something that you can put into action the next time you're on the course with your friends of course friends are always welcome at top golf so you can get your lesson hang out with your friends uh it's a great time our podcast production coordinator adam azer uh, he went with his brother's bachelor party said it was the best time of the weekend so you can get in on that too uh head over to topgolf.com slash lessons to book a lesson today once again that is topgolf.com slash lessons all right kyle so the props have been set we will intersperse them throughout our analysis and I will start with this. Number of qu- club twirls over or under three and a half for Tiger Woods. Yeah, I was like, is that on the first hole? Or right. is that like the, in- the entire no, match? No brainer over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he legit might have like two on the first hole. I think that that's one where uh, if if it were a Super Bowl Like, Super Bowl props get hit up more than these props are going to get hit up, but I would be a little concerned about some insider insider knowledge on some insider trading. Shout out Phil Mickelson on the club club twirl investment because if Tiger wants to, I was thinking uh, drive fairway. So we got like two, two, four, like six club twirl opportunities for every – Three holes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it it's gonna be. Yeah, he, he. We will see it a lot. I think the the bigger thing for me is I finally figured out why this entire event is taking place. For gambling. Do it for gambling. Well, yeah, but even if you take it out even farther, the reason that this entire event is happening and and has been in the works all year. Is that because finally Phil Mickelson can bet on how much he will bet in a match? He can he can liter- he can literally wager on 
how many times he will wager in a match for nine million dollars. This is like, I don't, I don't even know if he can handle that. I don't, I don't know if he. It's gonna that might break him. Like that, that's like some inception level stuff for. Uh, for I mean, it, it's incredible. Like that's my favorite thing so far about this week. Okay, so what what are your expectations? I, you know, I don't know. I I, I participated in this this uh, this roundtable thing with uh, for the athletic with Richard Deitch, and it was me and uh, Alan Shipnuck and Jeff Shackelford and a couple of uh, Doug Ferguson was in there, and then Kevin Van Valkenburg. And I thought what Van Valkenburg said about Phil was really interesting. He said, like, if this if this whole thing is memorable, like if 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 we if any of this is any good, and it might not be, it's gonna be because of Phil. Because and this is my thing. I, I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks. Like ti- I don't think Tiger everybody's like, oh the trash talk's gonna be off the charts. And and it's like I, I think that every time Tiger gets in front of a camera, like he just has this switch that flips and he can't like he 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 can't unflip it. Like he he can't turn he can't turn it off and so like I think he might try to trash talk but it just it won't it won't compute in the same way it would if you were playing a you know eighteen holes with him in private in Florida next Thursday or whatever it, it's just I think it's impossible for him to do and so I think in a lot of ways Phil's going to kind of have to carry the thing because. That's when his, I mean, for him, it's the opposite. Like he, he, that's when the camera turns on, like that's when he gets, when he gets cranking and when he gets going and everything. So I have no expectations for the, the level of golf that's played. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be that great because I think 18 holes of match play in this environment, you can't, there's no like rhythm. There's no flow to it. There's no, it's just, it's very difficult. But I think in terms of all the other stuff, my expectation is that Phil carries it. And if there are one or two or three memorable moments, which there might be, that it's because of Phil. I think that I think Tiger wants to win and I think Phil wants to win. But he also knows about the bigger picture of winning the event, even if he doesn't win. Well, and that's the thing. There was this report by uh, Dave Shedlowski of, of Golf Digest last week about how basically Tiger and Phil have created this company and it, it it's both smart and makes the whole thing feel a little bit like more gross, you know, because it's like they've created this company and it's like the, they want to do this for two years or five years or I mean for them probably the next 25 years and include other people and, it, and it's like going to be this whole franchise and I think Phil gets that. I mean, I think Tiger gets it too, but I think Tiger's also like on Friday morning going to be like, okay, 10 and, 10 and 8, let's do it. <laughs> I let's know. Go. Okay. So I was the, my, the other part of my expectation, and I do have an expectation in terms of actual golf. I think Phil's going to get too giddy, and Tiger's plan is just going to be to slow play it and see if he runs out of steam. Well, it, yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be so on brand for Tiger when he makes like fourteen pars and a birdie and wins whatever <laughs> that is four and two, and you're yes. just like, what? What am I watching? Like, Tiger thinks this is the like a U.S. Open qualifier, and and it's just, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be so on brand for him. It's gonna be unbelievable. But I think you're right. Like, and and I I'm kind of kidding. Like, I think Tiger sees the bigger picture too. I'm just not convinced that he's capable of sticking to the plan whenever uh, they tee off on the first hole on on Friday afternoon. Okay, so uh, some more props that we have. What about 
player that will have the most birdies. Phil Mickelson's the favorite here at minus 120, and that speaks to what you were just saying. Would you take Tiger over Phil for most birdies? Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't know. I, Phil's play just hasn't been – I mean, it's hard to go off of something that was like two months ago or three months ago, but he, he just – he hasn't been that great. I don't think he's had a top 10 since, uh, I don't know, May or something like that on the PGA Tour. He was awful at the Ryder Cup, obviously. He played better at the Safeway the next week, but – I just think that Tiger – I mean, Tiger's just – like, I don't understand, I guess, why you would pick the worst golfer to have more birdies. I mean, I, I haven't looked at their birdie averages from last year, but it just seems like – I mean, Tiger's obviously the better golfer right now, so I, I would take him. Well, that's the odds makers predicting, in my mind, the same thing that you just said, that Tiger Woods is going to win this thing by making pars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna happen. I mean, isn't that, isn't that like a lock? Like Tiger makes twelve pars on on Friday. And yeah, and you know what? He'll have he'll he'll c- come up with a couple of nasty shots and like a great approach shot for a tap in birdie where he nearly cups it from the fairway in a big moment. He'll give us he'll give us something down the stretch because he'll take some chances, and that's probably where Tiger feels like he's going to be able to do it. Because that's I mean, is it in my mind? My fate, there's there have been a lot of highlights. Uh, Tiger with some ridiculous chips from around the green and from sand traps, certainly. But I think about Tiger Woods stuffing approach shots as like iconic Tiger stuff. I think he gives us one of those on the back nine. What do, what do you think is the realistic, like, best possible moment we could see on Friday? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about them going like 28 hole, like something, you know, absurd, but just like over 18 holes, what's the, what's the best hope for a moment that we remember, you know, two months from now, a year from now from this match to, to have multiple holes, not necessarily in immediate sequence, but if we can get a four to five hole stretch where they're both playing well and it turns into an anything you can do, I can do better type back and forth. And that would require great, some greatness from Phil, but like that kind of one shot. Oh, and then the next shot's closer. Oh, that kind of experience that you would normally get uh, when you're watching it happen in real time at a normal tournament. That, that is kind of what I, I would think would make it from a golf standpoint. Our best case scenario is like if on holes, a let maybe Phil knows he needs to play really well. And from 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, they're, they're just throwing haymakers back and forth. Then Phil yanks a drive into the trees on 16 tiger cruises to a win kind of. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's good. I think that's fair. You know, you know what I want though? What? I actually, this was not a setup. I just thought of this. I want Phil to, um, I want Phil to go up on the back nine like on 13 or 14, he takes a one-up lead. Tiger's flailing a little bit. He just makes a double. Phil like wins a hole with a bogey or something like that. And then Phil looks over at Tiger with the cameras on, with the mics going, and says, well, uh, it's not the worst Thanksgiving weekend you've ever had. (laughs) Dead! (laughs) Dead! You you know you know he's thought about whether or not he should say that. Why right? haven't I thought about that? Have you thought about that? 
I, ju- I literally just thought of it. I, I had thought about Is it because stuff- we can't say that? Like, we, like, we've spent all year profiting off of Tiger's resurgence. We cannot be out here throwing some uh, nine iron fire hydrant shade. Yeah, I mean, I part of me, I, I go back and forth. Like, part of me thinks we're far enough out from it that he might like. Ah, I don't know. Nah, I, I don't. I don't think you're ever far enough out from that. Yeah, me too. No way. I, yeah, I think. I think it would be. <laughs> if anybody would ever say it, though, it would be Phil, and it would be unbelievable if he said it. I can't. But somebody, somebody had written that. Somebody had written about um, just kind of the Thanksgiving parallels. Like I can't remember who. I, I wish I could. But I mean, I we're almost it. ten years out. That's like, like, thank goodness the first of these isn't on the ten year anniversary. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, because yeah, it was what? Oh, oh, was it oh nine? It was oh nine. Yeah. Yeah, hey, that would. That it's, would. it's me, Tiger. Um, my <laughs> wife's gonna be calling you soon. She knows everything. Bye. Oh man, that would be uh, that'd be incredible if that happened on on Friday. So, but you don't want it. I don't know if you'd be ready to handle it. Yeah, it might be. Too, it might be too much. Hey, I'm ex- I am excited that uh, our 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 guy Shane Bacon is gonna be um, is gonna be doing some of the announcing. He's gonna be walking the course with Tiger and Phil. Apparently, asking them questions about anything that's I think like not golf related, just whatever, just hanging, talking. So like someone uh, else has the. Uh... Like they they got somebody else to be the on course golf correspondent, and Shane, by virtue of uh, his dynamic and broad on screen persona, is like, all right, and Shane, you get the wacky stuff. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I don't even remember who else. Is, so I know Ernie Johnson is is doing the the play by play, but I, I I honestly don't even remember who else is on the call. Um, have you seen the announcers? I've not. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if he's the only. I don't know. I have no idea how it's going to all work, and and I think that's the thing with this is like nobody really knows how this is going to play out with all the side bets and the you know on screen analytics and the interviews during the match. There, there's just there's a lot going on, and I think that the threshold for it going poorly is pretty low. Like there's not not a lot has to go wrong for it to kind of be a train wreck. And I think a lot of things have to go right for it to even come off as, uh, you know, ab- an above average production. I just think that's tough to nail the first time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away impressed on Friday if this whole thing is just presentable. And I, and I, that's not like a slight at anybody. It's just this is a really difficult thing to pull off in this amount of time without having really like. like Tiger and Phil have done this before, but it's been a while, and everybody involved probably hasn't had the experience that they've had in terms of doing a one-on-one match play for 18 holes. If it is a little bit sloppy, I think it's going to make it more endearing for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because it feels sloppy. Everything about it feels a little bit rushed. And if this thing was like a magnificently produced epic it would feel too fake and i feel yeah. like it, it will it will come across as rushed as it is and that's what i'm signing up for i'm paying 20 bucks so that i can have access to a camera of this potential train wreck yeah i don't mind it feeling 
rushed or sloppy, I guess. I just don't want it to feel too slimy or corporate, mm. you know? And I think that's hard. Like, I think that they've taken a you lot do, of You realize from, we are talking about golf, right? Yeah, I know. I know. But <laughs> right. I, th- I think that they've taken a lot of flack for like, oh, every single thing is sponsored. And it's like, well, yeah, like that's the point is to make money off of this thing. Like, I, I think that people went into it thinking like, Phil was just going to take out a briefcase and throw it down on the 18th green. And then somebody was going to follow them around with a camera and like they were going to, whoever wins on the final hole, they're going to, was going to walk away with the briefcase. And it's like, wait a second. Like everybody's making money here except for the viewer. Like literally everyone involved is making money. And so I just, I think that it's hard to pull that off without it feeling like that. And that's true. I, I mean, I wrote this today. That's true of all sports, all entertainment. Everybody's always making money off of us, the fan, the viewer. It just the transaction is usually more um, covered up than it is with this. <laughs> like it's it's a very raw and upfront transaction. And I don't know. Maybe maybe that's fine. I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just it's different than I think we're used to. I agree. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, enjoy the match. We will be back later with the recap of the event. Kyle, thank you very hey, much. What? What's your pick? Oh, uh, Tiger. Um, I guess two and one. Would that be closing it out on seventeen? Yep. Yeah, Tiger two and one. What about you? I'll go through. I'll go three and two. Yeah, and I'm I'm Sorry. very serious. I I think that we can get a good like Phil will get his back against the wall after, and I think he will rally, and then he will yank a drive into the trees, and that will be it. That will be it. <laughs> That's my bold prediction. Look for him on the fifteenth or sixteenth tee. I don't even know if uh, one of those is a par three, but he's gonna he's gonna yank one, and then that's gonna be all she wrote. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.